All right, folks, welcome back to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Good to see your face. Yeah, happy uh, fall break. Yeah. And we're back with a banger. Yeah, we took a week off. Everyone should. You know, yeah. everyone should take a moment. Re- you know, especially people whose job it is to talk into microphones should take a week and be like, this is this is an angle. There's an angle here. What am I doing? You know, why am I doing it? You don't. You get. You know, like. Do you want a week off? Do I want a why week? I don't want. I don't want a week off. You don't want. What do you want? Oh, what what would I want more than anything? Okay, I want two weeks off. You got me. Yeah, I mean. What would you, Genie? You get three wishes. What are your wishes? Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, luckily, a random golf club, JoJo. Uh, for <laughs> me, we don't have an HR department. So <laughs> yeah, luckily. So yeah, you just put your request in. That's and, how that works. Uh, Put it on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, you just take time off. Um, no, but uh, everyone, I was going to say, actually, if you're listening to this, uh, you should take a week off. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> just yeah, call your boss. If you're listening to this right now, don't call him. Just, you're driving to work, just take a right turn instead of left turn. Yeah, just on your way to work, just yeah. stop going to work. Yeah, exit. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this right now on a freeway and you see an exit 47, take just exit go to the 47. Golf course. Yeah. Um, thanks, Precision Pro, for making the Eric Anders Lang Show possible. Uh they make top quality rangefinders that don't break the bank. All they do is break course records. Breaking your own imagination of what's real. Breaking your partner's heart because you're staying out on the course. Your partner's part. Your heart. Wow. Partner's cart. Never lose your rangefinder again with the cart magnet. And the NX10 has a slope adjustment with customizable patterns to make every round of golf so special. In fact, that you're going to go to precisionprogolf.com slash Eric. You're going to do that right now instead of going to work. You're yeah, going to go to this work. website and Don't go to work. Buy a rangefinder and get $20 off when you go to precisionprogolf.com slash Eric. Um, we got a special episode for you today. Crazy episode today. Yeah, I'm Whole excited. New deal. I'm excited. This is, uh, this is a, it's the full, it's, it's not the full talk. We, we edited it a little yeah. bit, but this is a talk that I gave in Minneapolis uh, last week where uh, it was a camera company called ProMaster reached out and asked if I would be interested in being like one of the keynote speakers. And I was like, are you sure you have the right email <laughs> right. address? Um, but no, it really makes sense because I worked in a camera store as a 16-year-old kid and kind of just had the opportunity to really talk for a while. And Jojo, you really helped me put this talk together as well. How do you think it came out based on what we were planning? You know, what was kind of fascinating about the talk, it came out amazing. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing all of your feedback to listening to it and it'd be, be interesting to do more things like this in the future but it's almost it was like a rehearsed podcast because we just oh, chatted yeah. yeah i came over to your house the day of the talk and we talked about things for a while yeah and then it was funny to listen to the completed talk because we do a lot of off the cuff if you haven't noticed conversations and thinking quite cuffs. This, this there are no cuffs involved no cuffs yeah. but in this it was uh really kind of really well thought out and put together it's just a good guy it's like it felt good. It flowed well. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to be able to see the presentation that I'm referring to, but it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. The first image is a black and white image of a lady playing golf in 1920. That's a that's a great call out. And I almost wonder if maybe I'll put a link in the Instagram Instagram. Maybe I'll put a link in the um, episode description so people can go look at that photograph. Yeah. So we'll do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, people but, would like it. But yeah. So the the what would you say the one thing people should know before we get right into the talk is? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, just, uh, I, don't, I, don't, that's a, I, don't, I don't know. You know one thing they, sh- they should know that, um, I mean, mathematically speaking, the earth is round. Mathematically speaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. What, what's, what's, uh, that's a great question. I think maybe, maybe uh, they should just know that you were a photographer before you were a golfer. Oh, yeah. That uh, before I have this career uh, starting Random Golf Club, I was a filmmaker. And then before that, I was a photographer. And then I, you know, I think I get into that here a little bit. But yeah, this uh, the this whole talk is based around my experience of um, learning how to take pictures and learning that pictures tell stories and learning that stories are what create communities. And no matter what, whether you're a cult leader whether you're a pastor, whether you're the founder of a golf brand. Three jobs. Those are the three. Those, those are the <laughs> Graduate three jobs. college, you get three jobs. Hey, whatever it is, stories are what creates community. And photographs, I believe, or video, are the best way of telling stories. 
And this kind of is a talk that might give you a bit of an insight into the genesis of Random Golf Club because I was sort of, uh, you know, if you're looking at the ingredient, everyone like looks back at like the ingredients of success or whatever and whether or not we're successful yet, we don't know. But it feels great to be sitting where I am with Random Golf Club. But when you when you go back and look at the ingredients and the and the recipe, Every you know, it's like it's like oh, I'll start with some flour and then I'll get some water and then I'll let it rise overnight and the next day I'm gonna whack it around and like put some cheese and tomato sauce on it and boom pizza. You know what I mean? But like this was kind of this is meant to show you that that wasn't ever really what was happening for me. It was really just playing with some flour. All of a sudden, it looks a bit like a pizza. Yeah, this is like a lot of bagel bites. Maybe maybe a deep dish or two. We get philosophical on this one. Yeah, uh, enjoy, listen, and we'll see you at the... uh, Butterfly effect. We'll see you at the ad break. We'll see you at the break. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Vanders Lang from Random Golf Club. Thanks, man. What's up? My name is Eric. I have to say I've never worn one of these. Stand up if you've never worn one of these. No, okay, just kidding. <laughs> Stay seated. Um, Mike, your first picture, was that, was that illegal? Are you, is skateboarding a crime? I thought you're not allowed to skateboard. Um, it's, it's funny because uh, I don't know if you guys read that bio that's in the, what would you call it, the pamphlet? The agenda. Yeah, when I, when I got that and I read that bio, I was like, who wrote this? And I called Mike. I said, Mike, did you write this? So uh, Mike's a storyteller also. Thanks for having me, Mike. When, when, <laughs> when, it's all true, to be fair. Uh, when Mike called me and said, we'd like you to come up and speak at a camera conference, I was like, I don't understand, right? Like, my life is golf. That's all I do. It's a funny thing to explain because what do you think the first question I get when I say I work in golf is? Anyone have an idea what the first question I get is? All the time. What's your handicap? handicap? That's one. Maybe it's not a question, but what's the first response that people say? What's what's the general gist of the way it's received? Surprise. You do? I thought golf wasn't cool. Um, You'd be right if you said that. To some extent. We're working on it. Um, So when Mike called and said, do you want to come to uh, Minneapolis and, and speak at this camera conference? I was like, talking about it and and like it was kind of one of those things where i was so like confused as to why i would uh be here speaking but then like he said it just sort of all of a sudden it had this like domino waterfall effect of like yeah of course of course this is my life and i didn't remember um that podcast where i was talking about that i would give up golf for photography so uh like i said and that was very like a moment actually like, i was kind of like oh wow i said that and I still agree with it, but it's just one of those things where you realize sometimes when you know what the most important thing to you is, then it really puts everything in your life in perspective. For me, at least, it did, even right now. Um, so I, uh, I, I started a golf brand, and I live in Austin, Texas. Yes, back in the corner. Um, Actually, I went to Precision Camera in Austin without even knowing. It was Greg, right? I met Greg this morning, and I didn't know that I would be here then, but I was there buying Seamless and buying lights and some ND filters and getting ready to do my job, which you know is uh, currently I run a company where we make golf content, and uh, I use photography every day, although I don't identify as a photographer. Who here identifies as a photographer today? One, hands high. Like, less, a quarter? Okay. Who here has at one point in their life identified as a photographer? Maybe. Okay. Um, anyone know why they take pictures? Like, what, what is it? Like, go ahead. Record memories. Oh, that's a fucking great answer for what we're about to get into. <laughs> Give him a hundred dollars, Mike. <laughs> okay, no, no, not my hundred dollars. He get your hundred dollars. <laughs> Sorry, well, another another answer to why you take photos. Storytelling. storytelling. Well, why? Why storytelling? What does that mean? 
But what, why? What does that do? What does capturing a moment do? And why is connection important? I'm grilling him. I'm curious though, like let's walk through it. Why is connection important? Yeah, why is community important? I hate when people do this to me. It drives passion. And what does passion do? What do we do with passion? Share? Inspire? Yeah, inspire, create, yeah. Those are reasons to live. And what's amazing about cameras, I haven't even, I have a presentation, I swear. <laughs> what's amazing about cameras is that um, it's kind of like, you know, I think most of us speak English. You travel to another country, we're spoiled. Everyone speaks English. Hi, excuse me, uh, I'm looking for the bathroom. <laughs> they know what you want. What's cool about Speaking English is that when you go around the world, you really have a chance to connect with as many people as possible. It's the same with photography, right? You can show someone a picture and it doesn't matter where you're from, you know what I mean? Like, I think, was it, uh, was the name of the photographer, McMurray, Murray, uh, you know, the Curry, the photograph of National Geographic? Yeah, do you think that woman speaks English? No. Did you see the photo of over time though, the second one, love like years, 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 decades later? You can see there's like the one who was a, her green eyes with the red shawl and then like 30 years later, there's another, it's the same, they retook the same photo. If I knew I was gonna bring that up, I would have a picture of it. But you can Google it, I'm okay if you use your phone right now. Um, so anyway, I live in Austin, Texas. I started this golf brand. 10 years ago, I wasn't a golfer. I was a filmmaker. And before that, I was a photographer. Um, and before that, I worked at Jerry's Madison Photo Plus in New Jersey. Everyone know, where's Jerry Harmon? Right over here. Hey, Jerry. Jerry waited as long as he could to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave it two weeks after I started. I think on my second day, I got my two weeks notice. <laughs> I, was an, I was a jerk, but I loved cameras. Okay, I need to get into my presentation here, but be, be, I really wanted to tell you a little bit about, you know, I, I, I started this golf company. I never really played golf. I never really cared about golf. Um, and now I'm here talking about content and community. And I believe my experience, which I'm going to get into, I don't know if you guys know, I have a clock here, 5306, 5305. 53 minutes seems like maybe too much time, maybe not enough time, depends on where we go. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer. And then also we're gonna do an 11 o'clock, uh, what would you call it? Breakout. breakout room. Technically speaking, it's a breakout room. We're going to break, okay. Um, so, so anyway, content and community is sort of what I've learned about in, in my life professionally and personally. And I was lucky enough to make my, uh, the thing that I love into my job and I, which as I think most of us know, that sort of changes the thing you love a little bit. Um, and I did it with both golf and cameras. So anyway, just give you a quick idea of what my business is and, and what I've created, because you may not know about Random Golf Club, which is the brand and uh, it's what we do, it's the videos we make, it's the products we sell, it's the events we hold. Um, I started this company four years ago and I've got a three minute video that we're gonna play in about a few seconds here, but I just want to say that the main goal with Random Golf Club is to create an authentic community around the world that makes the world a better place through events, products, and videos. And the reason I started Random Golf Club is because I got into golf and I was like, this game is lacking something for me. There's something I'm not getting when I go to the golf course. I'm getting the ball and the club and me and the nature which is what I loved about photography. Cameras always brought me outside and I was always enjoying nature just like Chris Trembley. By the way, that Chris video is amazing. Did you shoot that, Mike? Brogan, let's talk. No, Brogan, let's not talk. Let's not talk at all. Don't email me, Eric with a K at randomgolfclub.com. Don't do that. Definitely don't CC Mike if you do. Um, it's a great video. I related completely to that video. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's not even about the photo at some point. 
And just like golf, it's not about the golf at some point. You're just walking around through a field with maybe a new friend, maybe someone that's going to end up uh, giving you business advice or a dinner recommendation. And that dinner recommendation, you're going to find yourself sitting next to someone who might become like they're going to inalterably change your life. This, I believe, I believe that to be true. And Einstein said there's two ways of looking at the world. One is as though nothing is magical. One is as though everything is magical. I don't know what Einstein felt about the world, but I know that I believe that every little input changes what we do. And that's really the thesis of Random Golf Club is that we get paired up on the tee box. It's too bad if photography doesn't have like a tee box. Business idea to take note of later. Uh, you go around and you take photos of, you like make a course and you go, it's like an obstacle course for photography. <laughs> Has it been done? This is a terrible idea. Moving on. But yeah, for those of you that haven't ever played golf, uh, normally you would go play in a foursome and you wouldn't be around 50 people on the same hole. So, uh, okay, cool. We're going to start there. What's your name? Mark. Mark. Thank you, Mark. Um, I don't have a slide for Mark's question, <laughs> but it all started when um, I was trying to play golf with a few people in the same place in Australia. Okay, cool. Um, we're going we're gonna to get to this photo in a while. It's going to take 20 minutes. But yeah, so I was trying to play golf with a few people and I was like, you know, why don't we all just show up at the same golf course? And it ended up being about 10 people. And I said to the starter at the golf course, I said, can we all just play together instead of going out as three different groups of three or four? And the guy was like, yeah, fine, go ahead. As long as you play fast, just go do it. And so we played as a 10 or 11 some. And that was the beginning of it all. That, that was like this kind of eye-opening moment of where really I started to see golf differently. And so to answer your question, now we've grown into doing, we've done this thing probably 20 times. It's called a meetup and we play as a hundred people on the same hole. <laughs> it's absolute pandemonium. It's totally dangerous, <laughs> but it's the most alive I've ever felt in my life for sure. And I've taken a lot of drugs. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I'm sober now. I don't take any drugs, um, but we had, to, we had to deal with it, so, so, we, so we sort of had some problem solving to do. So now we play as 100 people, where two people play the same golf ball. So it's really 50 golf balls being played in a format called alternate shot. We're kind of getting into the weeds here. But what, one of the coolest things about it, going back to my, you know, uh, whatever, like obstacle course golf uh, photography, you know, thing, which I, I think could be a thing, like miniature golf for photography. Um, we have this experience of going around as a hundred people. And one of the ways I heard it described was like, we're a moving cocktail party where we have like a subtle purpose, which is to kind of like play golf every once in a while, but it truly becomes a community event. That's way less about the golf and more about the experience of doing something together. It's interesting that you pulled that out of this because you know, I'm used to it. Right. So I'm glad that you asked the question about any, any follow-ups. Feel free. I was told I can go over by about two hours. Is that still true? Yes, sir. <laughs> Did anyone else have the same question? Yeah, okay. <laughs> the question was, how do you keep track of where the balls are? Uh, it's a real simple. You just don't. <laughs> you lose a lot of balls. You see a ball, you hit it. That's a great, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This is a photo from about 120 years ago, 100 and something years ago. Um, it's interesting because like if we really, ex let's like take a moment and all examine it, put all of our attention into this photo. They let women play golf was one comment. Okay, I don't know. I mean, if you think this pose, I can't really read it, but they added some words to it. Anyone see anything that's interesting or, or any thoughts? The bag? Yeah, there's like a super small golf bag that looks super unfamiliar to me. Her form could be better. She's, what is she wearing? I mean, she's wearing, like, you don't, no one wears that anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's, a, it's just a photo of someone playing golf. <laughs> the inevitable future. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just kind of like, I, I kind of look at it, I'm like, why, who took that photo? Why did they take that photo? That's where I go. I was like, what, what is going on here? It could be a self-portrait. 
I don't know. I don't have any. That's all I have there. Anyway, this photo is actually really interesting to me, and I'll get into why a little bit later, but this photo actually means a lot to me. We'll come back to it. This photo also means a lot to me. Jerry and Lynn. Madison Photo Plus. This is where I grew up. Um, I was 16. My brother had a dark room. He's 10 years older than me. He left to go to college. I had all of these like basins and trays and noxious chemicals and jars and spools. And I started taking photos and I just fell in love with it. It was just this magical thing that was like mine. It was my own little game. And it was like a puzzle and I could just go do it. And I could, I could know whether it was good or bad and it wasn't possible to score it like golf would be later in my life. Golf is a much more painful thing to be involved in than photography. Photography is very beautiful. And uh, I went into the Madison Photo Plus and I, I, I asked for a job. And uh, persistent, uh, young Eric, I got a job. And I met a lot of people who taught me about photography. This is a big part of my young life. Um, I would like to see the next slide. Thank you. Great. <laughs> oh, I'm experiencing what you're experiencing, Mike. There we go. Okay. Um, Mario worked at the camera store with Jerry, and I, I don't know if I worked there. I think I was more just like a, a paid kind of, uh, you know, I, th I think he needed me for some type of like insurance thing, you know? Mario gave me this Yashica mat, this 124G, and I took this out into the woods, and I fell in love with Ansel Adams. If you don't know who Ansel Adams is, please raise your hand. Okay, good. All right, good. I was like, if someone, you need to leave and Google him for 10 years. Ansel Adams became like my mentor, right? And I read all the camera, the negative, the print, fell in love with it, started doing my special film developing process, you know, a little bit more time, underdeveloped. I forget the actual equation now, but... The science of it all was really fascinating to me, as, as I'm sure it is for anyone else who's really into photography. Um, but at this point, still, um, you know, what's funny is, so this is a photograph of me on the right in Italy. And, and this, the background behind this photo is kind of interesting because it's like I was on a family trip and my parents were on this like tour, this like walking tour, and my parents lost me and got totally terrified that they had lost their youngest son in Italy in some random little street. Turns out I was just up front. That's the tour guide who has his arm around me. And I was peppering him with questions. I don't even know. I'm sure I would love to have an audio tape of what on earth I was asking this guy. But this starts to point at what photography would become for me. Because it wasn't just taking pictures. I was learning a language. I downloaded this off Google. What do you think? This is a way of saying hello in every language. Look at that. This is the weakest slide in the whole presentation. I apologize. I wanted to take it out. I left it in. I was learning a language through photography. Um, over time, I really fell in love with photography. And uh, about three years later, I was waiting tables in New York City. And I was a pretty good waiter, actually. And I actually, <laughs> funny anecdote, is I worked in an Italian restaurant. And uh, I found that I would get better tips if I waited tables with an Italian accent. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> it's a terrible accent. I bet everyone probably knew that I was from New Jersey. But I loved the job, and I had it for a year. And then at some point, I was like, I don't want to wait tables for the rest of my life. What do I want to do? And all I really knew was photography. So I went into, I dropped out of high school at this point. I never went to college, but I went over to the School of Visual Arts on 23rd Street on the east side. And I was like, I'll bet inside the School of Visual Arts, they've got an internship board. And I can get an internship. So I went in and sure enough, internship board. And I had a, I had a list of 10 photographers that I really wanted to work with. Because at this point, I realized that you could actually be a photographer and get paid for it. I didn't know how it worked. It seemed like it was a totally ridiculous idea, but it seemed like something that maybe I could learn about from someone else. Um, so I go in and I've got my list. Can, you can guess who's on the list, right? Annie Leibovitz, Mark Seliger, Richard Avedon. Who? 
David, well, yeah, David Lodgepole was not on my list, actually. How's that? He was not on my list. I don't know why. I don't think it's, I don't, Arnold Newman, I don't know if he was around, was he around? He was, he was kicking. Arnold Newman took that great photograph of Pablo Picasso, right? It's an incredible, incredible, good call out. Um, anyway, big list. Uh, David was not on the list, but he was in this internship board. And so I saw the thing and I just took the whole piece of paper. Sorry to anyone else in 1999 who was looking for an internship. But I wanted it so bad that I was just willing to get to the front of the line. So I called. I said, hey, my name's Eric, and I wanted this internship. And they were like, cool, send your resume. And I was like, are you sure I can't just come in and hand deliver it? They said, no, send it in. I was like, great. Next morning, 10 a.m., I go over there with my resume. And I say, here, I'm just here to hand deliver my resume. And they were like, cool, thanks. And then the next day I called, and I was like, hey, I just wanted to get a chance to see if you had read my resume. I had no experience. All I was a waiter, and I worked with Jerry, and please don't call Jerry. <laughs> He's on the do not call list. And um, I got the job, and uh, I worked with David for two years. My life changed. I wasn't really a fan of his work. That's why he wasn't on my list. But it didn't matter, because just like the photo isn't the point and the score isn't the point, I was there to learn. I wasn't there to like be a fan of someone's work. I was there to learn about what it was like to take what you love and what you're good at and then turn that into a job and ultimately, I realized that he's a communicator. He learned from Andy Warhol. Does, everyone, does anyone know that? Andy Warhol was his teacher. And so when David was a young man, and you did know that, or question. Did you really intern for that guy? I love just the random questions. Did I really intern for David LaChapelle? Yeah. Dude, I was like his protege. I just that Why are you sorry? <laughs> You're a psychic, dude. Come up and do the rest of the talk for me. No, I like it. No, I thought, I, was, I thought you knew that that was David LaChapelle. Um, but I wasn't really a big fan of David's work, like, like stylistically. But I was a big fan of David and how he solved problems every day. And I'm here, I think, on some level to help you guys, with my experience, solve problems that you have. And we're going to do that in the breakout room, which I'm excited for. Um, I've never really owned and operated a camera store. You know, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, and I don't really consider myself a businessman, but I do consider myself uh, a, a, a great marketer and a great, you know, connector of people. So anyway, uh, I, I was working with David and he taught me one thing above all else. And it was this one late night, we were doing a photo shoot for Lavazza, this coffee company. And uh, we were like, you know, photography is like, kind of fun, right? Because it's like at this time, we were, I worked for him uh, in 2001. And this, this is like still drum scanning, <laughs> right? And like we would like, I think we would send the prints to San Francisco to get drum scanned. And then I think they would like send back a hard drive or something. And then someone would retouch it with a computer that was like massive, you know, and they would like move things around. It was cutting edge. And then he would get the print and he would draw on the print with a wax pencil and be like, you know, thin this out, move this out. Anyway, so these are heavily retouched when retouching was still like a cutting edge thing. Um, so um, we were doing this photo shoot and it was clear that this live experience of, of making a photograph in front of a crowd to some extent between clients and hair and makeup and stylists and PAs, um, there was a problem with the image. Like it wasn't working. Like something was not working. And um, it was getting awkward. It was getting kind of awkward. Because <laughs> everyone was like, what's well, not working? Like why? Like David's not happy. No, no one understands what's going on. So like a couple hours go by and then David just takes the models. This isn't that photo. This is some other photo. But he takes the models and goes to the makeup room, to the, to the wardrobe room, and comes out and they've got a different outfit. Everyone looks amazing. They sit down, the photo is amazing. All of a sudden, it all makes sense. And, and then I talked to David about it later. I was like, David, like, what, what like, happened? You know? And he was like, when I was 18, Rolling Stone hired me. And they asked me to take a photo of, uh, you know, insert name of musician. And um, they, uh, they didn't really give me any, you know, 
lessons or whatever. They didn't really tell me what they wanted. I took the photo and I went and I showed it to them and they said, what the hell is this? This is not what we wanted. And he said, oh no, like I'm a young, he was a young photographer and he was like, what did you want? And they were like, we wanted you to do what you do. And he was like, oh, I thought you wanted me to do what you do. He had basically like not done what he really wanted because he thought they wanted something else. And so he said, from that day forward, I was like, I'm not going to really like move on from a photo unless I'm satisfied, unless I'm happy, me personally. Um, so that was a cool story. And Andy Warhol, we're going to come back to Andy Warhol. So this is Takashi Murakami. And, on, and in my personal story, Takashi Murakami was a person, he's a Japanese artist, and he's, uh, he makes these kind of like, uh, like creepy Mickey Mouse paintings and stuff. Um, really interesting guy. I was hired to go take a portrait of Takashi. And he said, uh, or he didn't speak English, so he didn't say anything, but someone else, well, actually it's like, the fact that he didn't speak English is kind of funny because we still communicated through photography, which was kind of funny. It's like we, you know. So um, this is after I stopped working with David. I, I was on my own doing my own photography business. And, um, and they said, do you know someone who can make a video for us? And this is where my life changed because I said I can do it, even though I had no idea how to do it. And for me, this is an interesting point in my story because it sort of highlights this idea that like, even if I don't know how to do something, that's okay, we'll figure it out together. And um, this has been a theme for me the whole time, uh, whether it was showing up to Madison Photo or whatever. And so, and so I started making films with Takashi. And, um, that, and what I'm really getting at here is I still don't know what I'm talking about. I'm learning the language of photography and video, but I don't know what I'm using it for. I'm not using it for anything. I'm just taking pictures to take pictures. Which, you know, I mean, fine art is great, but in this world now, I think we're at a point where things are changing that the photos have to, they have to do, everyone wants some type of call to action or some reason or some purpose or swipe up or percentage or whatever. We're inundated with, you know, content. All right, folks, thanks for making it this far through the talk. Very excited to present to you our mid-roll ad read. For Shaden, Club Glove is the number one travel gear on tour, and they have another brand called Shaden Precision Eyewear. If you have experienced their luggage or travel bags, you can only imagine how good their eyewear must be. Club Glove and Shaden are all about quality, and it's the reason so many tour players use their products. Their luggage is made in America, but over 20 years ago, Jeff Harold was the owner and founder, went to Japan to set up the manufacturing, and Japan is known worldwide for their superior eyewear and lens technology. You can feel the quality of a shade in CIA frame the moment you put them on. That's, that's true. That's true, by that's the true. way. I have them. I love them. I wear. I go wear them for running. And and let's, let's speak to it for a second, because you can wear them any time of day on a golf course. It's true. And I think that's, for me, I, I've had other pairs of sunglasses in the past, and you know that feeling when you are looking down the line of a putt and the sun's in the background and you feel kind of like kaleidoscopy and it's hard to hard to see your line. Yeah. Here you put those CIA CIA frames, shade in frames on and it's like you're putting on night vision goggles. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Tom Cruise when I put them on. Yeah, you look good too. That's true. I appreciate that. Tom Cruise but like, you know, just a little faster. Tom Cruise if he if Tom Cruise committed, I'm thinking high 60s. Yeah. Uh, at least, yeah. Maybe even, yeah. Anyway, um, if you never have had the confidence to wear sunglasses on the golf course, but you would love to start protecting your eyes, Shaden will guarantee satisfaction or your money back. That's kind of awesome. So, yeah, if after 30 days you feel Shaden CIAs are not the finest golf-specific sunglasses you've ever worn, return them for a full refund. So to find Shaden eyewear online uh, or go to clubglove.com, click on eyewear, and use the code EALSHOW, for 20% off site-wide. That's clubglove.com. Click on eyewear and use the code EALSHOW for 20% off. See better, play better, Shaden Golf. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So to sign up with the promo code RGC, 
FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads for to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. <laughs> <laughs> bigger payout with the same game parlay. Yes, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, we we uh, we we watch football here. We we love it. I'm down. I, I'm a big NFL guy. I got to get into college football though. I mean, you're a Longhorn, right? Like yes. you're you're rooting for Texas. I have to be. Okay, just true. Just making sure. Otherwise. Yes. Who knows if this gonna podcast? Walk out, you're, gonna, you're gonna take. A, you're gonna go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that vacation vacation. You keep threatening. I can have vacation. <laughs> uh, what I will be doing is using live betting, where you can get updated odds and games that have already started. Y'all know the deal. FanDuel. Uh, they were with us all the way through the Open Championship, and they're with us now. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you get your winnings paid fast. So sign up today with the promo code RGC for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back to the talk. This is 2009, I think. This is the first time I ever played golf. What are the chances? I have a photo of the first time I ever played golf. It's kind of random, right? I think I said to my brother, here, take this picture. And I was like a Mickey Mantle thing. I had no idea what I was getting into. Swinging for the fences, though. Call the shot. Call the shot. That's good. Yeah, it's the first day I ever played golf. I'm wearing my brother's pants and his polo, no belt. I've got vans with paint on them. I did not fit in. <laughs> I had a mustache, though. Mustache is pretty good. Raise your hands. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's the first day I ever played golf. This might be the most important day of my life. I'm not sure. I haven't finished yet, but um, it's interesting. There's a story that I really love to talk about, and, I, and, I, and, and when I hear this story, it really changes the way I look at everything in my own life. Problems, good news, bad news. Has anyone heard the story of the Chinese farmer? Does anyone know who Alan Watts is? Alan Watts is my jam. If you don't know Alan Watts, check him out. He's kind of a philosopher. So he tells a story about the Chinese farmer. There's a father and a son living on a farm in a time long ago. And uh, they've got these horses on their farm, two horses, they run away. The horses are gone. Everyone from the town comes over and they say, what happened? The horses ran away. What terrible, terrible news. We're sorry to hear that. And the Chinese farmer says, hold on, good news, bad news, I don't know, we'll see. Next day, the two horses come back with a third horse. Well, we're one up now. Everyone comes over and says, well, good news. You now have a third horse. The farmer says, I don't know, not so fast. Good news, bad news, who knows. The next day, the son is breaking in this new third horse, falls off, breaks his back. Everyone from the town comes over and says, what terrible news. I'm so sorry to hear that your son broke their back, breaking in this third horse. The father says, not so fast, good news, bad news, who knows. The next day, the constable comes and says, we're in a war and we're taking all young and able-bodied young men to join the military effort. Broken back, son can't go. Everyone from the town comes over and says, oh, what a relief, what good news. Chinese farmer says, good news, bad news, who knows. This goes on forever. It's impossible to predict what is good or bad. Um, until you get far enough down the timeline. And I, and, I, and I heard this described in another way from a different author very recently. And it was the idea that each moment is in and of itself part of a bigger story. Each little tiny thing that happens, just like 1 24th of a second of a film, of a movie, makes up this longer story. And you know, what's really interesting is as you look at the images in the beginning of the film, really they don't make any sense until you get to the images at the end of the film. And so really when I look at this still image, I feel so lucky that I have this picture of this moment for me in my life that would become the reason why I learned about making visual images and videos and stories and content. This would become like the whole reason that I had gone to work at the camera store, that I had worked with David, that I had sort of grinded for these like really terrible New York Magazine people. And then I learned photography, uh, video in a pinch 
and traveled around the world with this guy who didn't speak English, but we had like some type of connection through videos. This would be the reason why I learned all that stuff. And the craziest thing is, as I stand here now, I know enough to know that like, this could happen again. I don't, there could be like another moment where I'm like, oh, I learned all of this stuff for another reason. So this is a big day for me. December 20th, it was the day after Christmas actually. What's funny is my brother had been wanting to get me to go play golf with him for his whole life. I didn't grow up in a golfing family. My brother and sister were both 10 years older than me. I was in an accident nine months before I was born. My parents were in Maui. And I don't let them forget that. <laughs> it's their fault. Um, and, you know, this whole golf experience for me was a weird thing because my brother had been asking me to play golf because he got into golf through a garage sale. Random. Picked up some clubs, hit him around, had fun. He just played golf. He just liked it the way it was. I didn't want to play golf because me and my brother are pretty opposite. My brother's a lawyer, and I'm not. <laughs> so that was enough for me to be like, we're not the same. And this is really where like the golf gets into like, stand by. Okay. Yeah, this is where golf really gets into like, this is where it starts to really get interesting for me in the middle of the table is because I thought I knew what golf was. So my brother's constantly asking me to play golf. He's like, come play golf with me, come play golf with me. Like, really, like, please come play. And I'm always like, no, 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 I don't like golf. And this day, the day after Christmas in 2009, he was like, me and dad are going to go play golf. Do you want to go play? And I was like, no, I don't want to go play golf with you. When are you going to hear that I don't want to go play? And, um, but then in my head, I was like, why am I saying no? I've never even tried it. I should at least go try it. As a photographer, right, we almost have like a, you know, we've almost made an agreement with the world that says like, we'll go experience stuff, you know, because we want the photo. The, the, the camera becomes the magnet into experience. The camera becomes the reason to, can I take your picture? To travel to an area to go see something, you know? Um, to do. The camera is just a reason to go do. And golf would become that for me. Um, but in any event, I decided to say, yes, I'll go play golf with you. And I had the best day ever. I loved it. Like, I don't even know if I loved it as much as I would ever love it, but it just had enough for me where I was like, oh, it's not what I thought it was. I thought this was something else. So golf then became, for me, the focus of this puzzle. So I would bring my camera to the golf course and I would just film stuff. And um, for me, it was a marriage of two things that I loved. And it was something I was really good at and I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just kind of having fun with it. I'll tell you one story is uh, early on when I was starting to play golf, I was playing golf at this nine hole municipal golf course in California where I lived at the time. And uh, it was like $10 a round or something even less than that. And I was on the first hole. I'd been playing for like a year or less. I didn't have my camera with me. And in front of me, there was a guy who is, um, you know, not dressed like a golfer. Baggy shorts, flat brim hat, Lakers hat or Dodgers hat, you know, big t-shirt. And my first thought was, this guy is gonna take forever. <sighs> Terrible. Come to find out, second tee box, there was a wave. I knew him. <laughs> he was my friend. <laughs> From far away, though, I didn't like him. How fucked up is that? Could you imagine being in a mall and seeing someone and being like, nah, I don't like that person? And you realize that they're like your, your own family member? <laughs> we had something so deeply in common. Golf is the game where you have something shared, without a doubt. It's one of the it's one of the most unique games, and I'm not here to sell golf to you guys, but like, just, just as a parallel, like photography is not that different, right? Like, we walk around and we have something innately in common with someone else who loves this thing, who sees the world in the same way. And so I realized I knew this guy, Mike. And I was like, Mike, you play golf? The same way people would say to me later. He said, yeah, I love golf, man. I've been playing, I wish I had cut his video together. I have his video on YouTube. It's the first video I ever made in golf. And it's this guy, Mike, who literally, like, you know, he has, like, tattoos, like, everywhere. 
He loves golf. And he named his son Ace. Um, so I said, Mike, can I film you? Can I like come, can we come back and play golf and can I film you? He's like, sure, man, whatever you want to do, man. I'm totally down. And, um, you know, that was the beginning of this new journey for me, which was taking cameras, taking content, taking storytelling and telling a specific story. Um, so my whole life I had been basically preparing for that moment. Now at the same time, there was something also happening in the world. Self-publishing. You talked about it a bit at breakfast, which is like, it's a problem sometimes. Depending on how you look at it. Good news, bad news, who knows, right? I don't know. Fuck, everyone's taking their own pictures and put them online. But it gave me an opportunity to tell this story that was about community. And I wish I could say I knew what I was doing. I wish I could say back then, I was like, I'm going to build a community. And then I'm going to make something together. And we're all going to go do stuff. And that's going to be my job. I had no idea. I was just having fun and moving forward. And this is currently like my business, right? So we make content and uh, you, know, you saw the video there. Um, but it was a coincidence that this was all occurring at the same time. And I feel really lucky that that was all happening at the same time. Um, yeah, this is cool. Anyone see Where's Waldo? <laughs> we tried to find the Where's Waldo artist. Apparently uh, she's like a total recluse, not looking for any new work. But we found someone that could copy it. So we made. Couldn't find her. Couldn't find her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. Jerry's good. We're about the same age. We were both, we were, we were both messing around at the same time. Um, so started a brand, right? I realized that Random Golf Club now meant something. We had been making videos. We were putting this, what I would later realize the criteria between everything we did is it had one or two of three things happening in everything we did. It would either educate, entertain, or inspire. Those are the three things that I felt for me, golf for me was a learning opportunity, not only about the game, but about the world, about people, and really most importantly about myself. Uh, golf is one of the few sports that's played in almost every country. All you really need to do to go play is like four hours and depending on the quality of the course, some dollars. You can rent clubs and you can you know, borrow a ball, but you don't need a partner and you can just kind of show up and you can be as bad or as good as you want. So Random Golf Club formed out of this uh, experience that I was having. I had joined a, a private golf club in Los Angeles and... As a golfer, like as, as a person who liked hitting a golf ball, I loved it. The quality of the grass was great. The fish tacos were amazing. You didn't need to make a tea time. But I didn't like the people I was playing with. Not because they were assholes, because they weren't, but because they were all the same. Everyone was the same. Everyone had the same salary. They were from the same neighborhood-ish. They all kind of felt the same way. Well, because they were groomed to be that way through the membership process. Look, no, no knock on private clubs. I love private clubs. I love all that stuff. But for me, as a photographer, as a storyteller, as a person who wants to just like squeeze every last drop out of a person like Mike, who I met on that first hole and thought I didn't know, realized I did know, I care about being different. I care about that like, wait, what is your story? As a photographer... For me, that was what made photography interesting, is it was a way to say, hey, what is your deal? Why do you look like that? Why did you choose to look like that? Or what happened to you? What's your story? What have you learned? What do you care about? Random Golf Club became that. And so I found myself at this private club saying, I'm not getting that. It wasn't satisfying me. So I quit. Crazy idea, right? Quitting a private club is like, everyone's like, oh God, he must be must be really not doing well. Maybe they kicked him out. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. That's a personal different story. But I left and I started Random Golf Club at that time. And I realized that I wanted to make a club where anyone around the world could join a club and become a golfer, kind of like that video. And um, we stood for something, right? We stood for a, a level of respectful of reverence and, and ultimately... You know, all these identifiers that we stood for were all aimed at this mission of creating a golf community where all were welcome. 
But even beyond that, and we don't say this too much on the face of it, even beyond that, what we really are about at the end of the day is authentic communication. How are you doing? What's actually going on? I don't really care about your score. I don't really want to talk to you about your swing. <laughs> you can talk about your swing all day long with someone who isn't interested in actually going beneath the surface. Why are you here? Like, what? How was your actual day? And that's what Random Golf Club provides, I believe, in the world. And that's why this logo, this mark, means something, right? It's not the best hat. We don't make the best apparel, um, but it means something to people. And I didn't, again, realize it at the time, but this is, big companies do this all the time. It's marketing, it's branding. I didn't know about this. And I guess where I go with this is uh, when I think about how important it is to be a member of something. It's really a big deal. Especially now, as we get more and more divided through our devices. So we created membership with Random Golf Club. What do you get when you join? Absolutely nothing. That's the joke. You literally get nothing. You get this bag tag. I don't understand it, um, but people join. We've sold 4,000 bag tags, and it does nothing. It just is a thing that goes on your bag that says you're a member of Random Golf Club. For how much? For you? No. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. I should know the answer. $35? Yeah, $35. Bag tags for everybody. Okay, no. Um, that would actually be cool, though. A camera bag tag. That's a good idea. No one used it. <laughs> People could join and they don't get anything. No way, I think they do get something. Do they get, they get something. They get to identify themselves as a member of Random Golf Club. The idea that I'm even standing here saying that is a little crazy. Because I was trying not to play golf. I did my best. Members is a big deal for me. Being a member is a big deal. This is one of my favorite quotes, and it's a paraphrase, but the longer quote is super long, and it says the same thing. Andy Warhol said that good business is the best art. It's kind of funny because David learned from Andy, and I kind of learned from David, and I believe this to be true. Good business is the best art. And the way I do business with Random Golf Club is I don't have customers. We are not allowed to use that word. 10 people in Austin, if someone says the word customer right now, I'll get a notification. You know, that we're a member. We have a members. We have a membership. We treat them like members. What does that mean? It means a lot. <laughs> it means that I need to really satisfy you in order to transact. It means that I need to expect you to come back. It means that I want your feedback. It means that I'm going to offer you something at such a good price that you'll feel like you're making the decision as a member. What is a member? I'm curious to know what you guys think. What do you think that means as a member versus a customer? Sorry? Inclusivity. Fuck yeah. Golf isn't really, a, is golf about inclusivity? No. Participating. I like that. Two-way street. Yeah. Totally. You belong. What does that even mean? There's a place for you. We were talking, Mary, right? We were talking at breakfast and um, I was like, oh, I love Tulsa, you know? I just went. She's like, a lot of stuff's happening in Tulsa. And I had this idea of a camera store that had a coffee shop inside. Has anyone ever done that? Okay. Is it cool? Please say yes. Kind of works. You did it. And it kind of worked. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a continuous uh, demand. It was only eventually. Right. Yeah, I don't have the answers, but I just thought of a camera store with a coffee shop, and I'd be fucking stoked on that. I don't know how it works, right? I don't know. I, all I know is from my experience is that bringing people together around a why was way more impactful for, for me and them than bringing them together around a what. 
And actually, I do want to recommend one book that I just finished reading. It's uh, by another keynote speaker who's much more experienced than myself, Simon Sinek. TED Talks, the guy's done it all. He wrote a book called Start With Why. Anyone read it? Yeah. Oh, big hand. I fucking read that book. Because it's that good, right? Yeah, thumbs up. Start With Why, really good book. If you're looking for a book that kind of, this is a lot of what's informed a lot of the way I think about Random Golf Club and my business. So yeah, members, not customers. Um, we really are about to launch a big deal. We're gonna launch a real membership um, in February. And we've been wanting to do this for a while. One of the things that we're using, the word participation came up about membership. And so one of the things that we're gonna do with Random Golf Club is we're gonna launch a paid membership. Do you think I came up with the inner workings of paid membership? Absolutely not. I went into my email list and I said, does anyone want to do a survey about membership? A thousand people wrote back and said, yeah, they also got some free shit. And I said, we gave them like, we put a lot of time into the survey. We put a lot of time into like, would you want this? Would you want that? If you wanted that, how would you want that? What would you do? Would you be willing to pay for it? What would you be willing to pay? What, what would you not want? And so we went through this whole survey and basically I was shocked. The things they wanted were not what I expected. And the, and the amount that they're willing to pay for it was also not what I expected. Good business is the best art. Members, not customers. Those are the two things that I think about every day when I run Random Golf Club. And I don't take pictures anymore. Actually, that's not true. I got a little MJU2, anyone? A little point and shoot? Dude. Film. Film. Exactly. And uh, I was telling Greg I go to Holland Photo, but I'll stop. I'll go to Precision. Sorry, I'm sorry. They're just near my house. <laughs> it's not a political decision. Um, but yeah, I shot some film when I was just on a trip, and and uh, but I don't, I don't consider myself a photographer for money. I do it because I love it. I do it because I want to record memories, and for me, like recording memories is a big part of life. Um, we offer people that ability. You know what I mean. Um, we, we offer it. And when I say we, I literally mean you and to some extent me. More you than me, actually. We offer people the ability to get all of these things out of photographs. But if they don't know why they're there and they're just kind of moving in and out and they don't feel connected, well, you know, then like, we'll see you later. They're going to go wherever they're going to go. And that connection goes away to their own kind of story. This picture is my great-great-grandmother. Nobody knew she was into golf until this photo surfaced. I think she has pretty good form for the day. 110 years ago, she's, she's like, we learn so much about ourselves through photography as we look back over time. I think, uh, you know, Greg talked a little bit about the story in Austin where they had an event with the uh, museum and they gave away Instamatic cameras to kids and 200 people came up and it was the biggest event since the Beatles, I think you said. Is that what you said? Is it true? Can we, can we check those numbers? <laughs> but the idea of having fun with a purpose, um, actually, um, I think her name was Eleanor. Eleanor, um, Eleanor's son, my grandfather, started Highlights Magazine. Yeah. We all know what Highlights Magazine is. When I go to a random golf club meetup with a bunch of 20-year-old kids, they don't know what Highlights Magazine is. So I feel good to be here. Um, but, you know, in, in closing, really, the, 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 the why for me is, is really comes back to my criteria of what makes good content on our channels. Does it educate? Does it entertain? And does it inspire? If it does all of those three things, even if no one watches it, I'm satisfied. The results are a bit less important to me than my feeling of a good transaction, ultimately. Um, I feel really good about what has happened so far in my experience of using content to bring people together. And I look forward to seeing where it goes next. I think, um, you know, I just kind of go back to this idea of uh, 
I don't really know what's next, but I know that whatever happens, I have to treat it like good news because that's the perspective I'm going to bring into every day. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to everyone about how we can take what you know is happening in the business of operating and owning a photography business and bringing people together through that. Um, and uh, I'm just really grateful to be here. Thanks, Mike, for putting on this event. 64 years? That's crazy. You said that, and I was like, wow, I didn't, that's such a long time. Wow. Maybe someone developed this photo. I wouldn't be too surprised, actually. Thank you, everybody. That was really fun. Thanks, Eric.